How rude of us, Steve. We did not wish our listeners happy holidays at the end of last episode. Fuck, we suck. Happy holidays, everyone. Uh, business as usual for us. It's the day after Christmas that you're getting this episode, if you're listening to it today. Boxing Day. In Canada, yeah. No one Boxing Day elsewhere. Uh, but that leaves you with very few days left to do what you got to do. Yes, so you got to send us those uh, 10 best albums of the decade, the 10 best songs of the decade, the most overrated and underrated album of the decade, one each, and your favorite artist of the decade, so we can gather listeners' poll info and give that to you very early in the new year. That said, it's the season finale, 2019. You ready? Yep, I'm ready. bit of a different format we're gonna go with for season two episode 10 uh this is a year review of 2019 so we have the habit of giving each other our top 10s at the end of the year 10 best albums of the year so why not do it now at the end of the episode uh we're gonna recap the year as much as possible and we'll dedicate the second half of the episode i guess to our top 10 whether we spoke about it or not mm-hmm. during the episode layout. Yeah, we're gonna we're not gonna do the same thing we've done. Yeah. Especially for that. Yeah, for that part in particular. So um yeah, well the first great album of the year, we'll stick that in the same um fashion. Yeah. Uh, we have Sharon Van Eden with Remind Me Tomorrow, which was a great um I mean, this is her third album this decade, so if you like her by now, you know what she's about. I don't need to describe it. Check it out. I hear her name come up a lot in the decade, though. Yeah, the first album that she put out this decade was called Tramp, which was produced, I believe, entirely by one of the national guitar players. So that's what put me onto her. And then her second album was her best, in my opinion. Well, her second album of this decade, because she has some before. Um, like if I have to do a quick off the top of my head comparison, it's Feist with a bit more of a somber tone. Somber meaning? It's, it's, it's gloomier, it's darker, okay. but not always necessarily. It's just not, Feist has a, Feist can write a good pop song. She, um, stays away. Yeah. She doesn't really go in that direction. Which is, is good for some artists too. Yeah, it works really well for her. She was also on a Netflix show called The OA, which was, in my opinion, very, very dumb. Okay, I thought you were going to say it was very good, and I was going to ask you, do I need to watch it? You certainly don't. Excellent. 
uh, the beginning of this year, a very big name in hip hop passed away, but a name that was maybe not on everyone's radar up until when he passed. Passed, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, we're talking about Nipsey Hussle, who was uh, fatally shot in front of his the Marathon Clothing on uh, Crenshaw and Slauson uh, in March uh, and passed away uh, almost immediately. Um, mm -hmm. So in hip-hop, we spoke about his album Victory Lap last episode yeah. and how much I enjoyed it and the weight of a couple of years. And how none of the stores had it. Yeah. And so it, when someone dies, like we've, we've mentioned on on this podcast, people start listening to them or going back to their music after they pass, which sucks, right? And then their name becomes bigger. Yeah. Because of their passing. Uh, but Nipsey Hussle, with him in hip-hop, was... I started listening to him, I would say, late 2012. Mm -hmm. Maybe early 2012. I'm not sure, but like it was with the uh, Crenshaw mixtape and all the stuff that he did at featurings with the game and stuff like that. Um And his music, he the way he was putting out his music, he was putting out mixtapes, but he was also putting out albums where he would sell his albums f pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. Like his Crenshaw mixtape, he was selling it for $100. Mm -hmm. And that caught the eye of Jay-Z back then, where Jay-Z bought 100 copies or something like that. So, But he was selling them out of his store, which was the Marathon Clothing. Mm -hmm. uh, He was putting on music. Why uh, for $100? I, I don't really know exactly why. All I know is that it he was doing something different. Okay. He, he was promoting his brand and himself as an, as an artist differently. I thought it was cool. I would never pay $100. Actually, I thought about it a couple of times if I should pay $100 for it, but I didn't do it. Uh, sucks mm. on me now. Well, no, I mean, but, it's $100. Bucks. Yeah, but... He, what Nipsey Hussle was doing, what he, he the way he was promoting himself and stuff was, in his music, he wasn't just talking about the struggle, talking about growing up in in the hood and everything he had to go to going to prison. Mm -hmm. he, he was he was giving you a story, but he was also giving you, if you could call it game or gems of what to do. Mm -hmm. Instead of going the bad route, he was telling you how to do business moves, what to do with your money, mm -hmm. how to invest. He was doing things that a lot of people weren't doing in their music. Yeah. You needed to listen to his music to understand what he was trying to do. Uh, something also that he was doing over the years was people from his hood mm -hmm. that were struggling getting jobs, he would give them jobs okay. at his store. Or in other things he was doing. Mm -hmm. um, people that came out of prison that he knew, he would find jobs for them. Instead of going back to selling drugs or going back to yeah. gangbanging and stuff like that. But he was always doing it in a smart way. And he would always, in his music, talk about invest, save money, do what's right with your money. Right. Instead of spending it on drugs, spending it on stupidity. Make a name for yourself. Invest in yourself. Invest in your brand. Mm -hmm. And what he did for the community, uh, Crenshaw, Sloss, and all that stuff, was put his people on and give them the right the right image for that. These people, yes, they might have been drug dealers or gangbangers, 
but they're smart people. You just need to give them the chance. And he gave those people the chance. Uh, but one big thing that, that, that for me that st- stood out was the way he branded himself mm-hmm. and the way he focused on the positivity instead of the negativity about himself and his upbringing where he went out and opened up his own clothing brand. Mm-hmm. And again, selling the CDs at $100, it worked. People were buying it. Mm-hmm. So the way he he showcased it and how he did yeah. and what he did for his people and the investment he put in and it made me think of like, look at what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like we're investing our time in something we love and it's positive. So just go for it. Just do it. Whether it fails or works, just yeah. go for it. Take the time and put the time in there. Yeah. And it's crazy that people started picking up on this in his music and stuff like that. And his music was so great, but it got better with the time. And then he released Victory Lap last year, and it was like it it was for the people. It was for the West Coast. It was for Crenshaw. It was for Slauson. It was for that whole area. And in that album, as much as the swearing and as much as like the storytelling he's giving people game on what to do Mm -hmm. don't take this and go buy yourself a gun don't take this and go shoot people don't take this and go be a drug dealer take what you what the wrong and turn it into a right yeah and it sucks that he passed because he did a lot for his community and it showed because because look at people were freaking out when he died I think the situation is so unfortunate because there's still not many of these types of players in this in the hip hop community. No, there are there are men there there are some that make this effort, but his was even bigger than the artist himself, big time. And so, and it's beyond music at this point with that's him. It. And when he passed, like all the people that showed up, yes, they sold out the the Staples Center for it because so many people went, but the, all the streets were flooded with people yeah. to show him the support and to show that he did something for them. So it's crazy because we saw when Biggie passed away. Mm-hmm. I know we were young, but we see everything on TV. We saw when Biggie passed away, the same thing happened. We saw when Tupac, the same thing happened. And yes, there's other people that passed away, but this was, I honestly, the way I look at it, probably because of social media and how you can get all your information and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But this was bigger than those two when they passed away. The it way I see big, it. pretty big, yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. it, it this day and age, everything is is, is um, times 10. Gang yeah. members from rival gangs came together to show support and to be there. Because mm. in his music, he was saying, like, instead of shooting each other, come together. And that's what happened. The Bloods and the Crips came together for his funeral. Whatever, it could sound stupid or whatnot or the way people want to take it, but it's something he wanted to do. And at the end, he passed away, but something so hard to happen happened for him because of what he was saying, because of the support he was giving and because he was Mm. there for the people. Nipsey Hussle was for the people. Yeah. So, like, it's it's a tragic loss, and it sucks that when that now people are, you know, noticing what he was doing and where he was putting his money and what was, he was investing in. He left money for his kids so that they're good 
for the rest of their lives. That's yeah. what he was doing. He was putting money away for his kids, mm-hmm. for his family. So it's it's it, it, it shows how smart he was. And it's just it you know he passed it. It really sucks. Uh, and you know what? For the people, the new people that go and listen to him, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It is what oh, it yeah. is. I mean, it's it it the the message is positive. So even though you're getting into it following the, the death, I mean, you need more of this. But you could learn from it because there's more to just the music with Nipsey Hustle. Yeah, there's the investment and there's the what to do and how to grow and what to do with your money and look at all the stuff he did. And I had the the opportunity when I went to uh, California to go to where he was shot. Mm-hmm. on uh, Crenshaw and Slauson at the uh, Marathon Clothing and just see the full mural that they did and the his car is still parked there yeah. from the day when he pulled up and got shot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that it was a it was a tragic loss and it was big. It was big for hip hop. Uh there's a group uh in hip hop that you think really took over Oh, we're moving on to that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, no, I, I mean, you, you, you said uh, you said good things, so. So, we're talking about Griselda? Let's do it. So, finally, I get to talk about Griselda. Yeah. And to me, when, a, when, a, when, a, when an artist or a group sticks with me or resonates, like, the, that, that, like Kendrick Lamar did, I need to talk about it. I need for people to understand what, what's the whole thing. And Griselda ran basically to me 2018-2019 for, for hip-hop. Yeah. Okay? Uh, we spoke about Fly God in the 2016 episode. Yeah. So 2016 is when I first got into West Side Gun. Mm-hmm. Before that, he had his Hitler, West Hermes, 1, 2, and 3. Fly God comes out. This, that's when I got into him. The same year, Reject 2 by Conway the Machine. So Griselda is three members. West Side Gun, Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher. Yeah. So the impact that these guys have had on hip hop is is huge. And the reason where it's huge is when we're in a time where the music sounds the same and people are putting out projects. So now mixtapes come out every day almost, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of these artists come out with albums over 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 and over and again, but it sounds the same. It's stale. Yeah. These guys are doing the same thing, but it's quality music. It's quality over quantity. So in 2016, Fly God, Reject 2, uh, Benny put out uh, My First Brick. 2017, they all came out with projects, mixtapes, uh, Butcher on Steroids, uh, Hitler on Steroids, Machine on Steroids, just projects here and there. 2018, I find, is when people started to notice these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh 2018, Conway the Machine put out Black Tape. Uh, Everybody is Food 1 and 2. Benny puts out A Friend of Ours, Stabbed and Shot with 38 Special. West Side Gun puts out Supreme Blind Tell, which was incredible. And Hitler's Wears Hermes 6. That's 2000. That's the amount of projects. So two, three projects each, Mm -hmm. which are all good to great projects that, that stick with me to this day. Now, in 2019, this year that we're in, they come back and put out Everybody is Food 3, mm-hmm. Conway. Look What I Became, Conway. The Plugs I Met, Benny the Butcher. That one pierced a bit into mainstream too. Yes. 
because of the featurings, Black Thought was a, a featuring on that. Mm-hmm. Pusha T was a featuring on that. Yeah. And Jada Kiss as well. But Jada Kiss has been doing songs with these guys for a long time now. Um, and I forgot, sorry, 2018, Tana Talk 3, which was one of my favorite albums of that year, was also put out by Benny the Butcher. But going back to 2019, Plugs I Met, um, Statue of Limitations with Smoke Dizza, uh, West Side Gun pu- puts out Fly God is an Awesome God, Hitler Wears Hermes 7, and Fort Rope, which is basically uh, a collection of all his wrestling, around the theme of wrestling, with uh, wrestling titles as the songs. Um, and then finally, they put out a collective, like all of them together, a project, which have, they've been talking about for the last two years. Mm-hmm. And it sounds incredible. Who put that out? Um, they actually signed to Shady. You were going to leave a massive point out there. Shady. I didn't, I don't, the reason why I, I don't, I don't want to talk about them signing to Shady or Rock Nation Distribution. It's because when you say two majors, mm-hmm. it's like, ah, oh, these guys are going to change their sound. They didn't at all. These guys are going to go to a different sound in their music. And that's, to me, where the love I have for these guys comes. It's because they didn't change at all. I think that's why it's so important to mention is that somebody discovered them. A guy like, I mean, I want to, I guess, M discovered them. Well, two, well, 2017, if I'm not mistaken, don't kill me if I am, is where they were collaborating with Royce the 5'9". Mm-hmm. So Royce the 5'9", I guess, brought them around. Made to, them, okay. Yeah. This isn't the first time Eminem recognizes guys. For the craft. So it's a good it's a good person to be spotted by. Yeah. And Rock Nation as well. As well as for distribution. Right. But Jay-Z's been a fan of these guys because mm. on his playlist and stuff, he always has these guys' songs on there. Yeah. But these guys, these guys are know this, but they didn't change their sound because they signed to a major. They That's haven't. They're, 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 it's, it's, it's all there. You've seen people like Slaughterhouse sign to a major mm-hmm. and change their whole sound and do poppy songs and to have poppy hooks and stuff like that because well slaughterhouse also lost their uh never mind lost their what nothing i forgot what i was gonna say go but it's like these guys and these guys do everything by themselves ever since day one they've been releasing their own music distributing their own music when you buy their albums their hoodies their merch and all that stuff they ship it to you themselves yeah, they're working. They're working their brand. Yeah, and these guys are from Buffalo, so they're working their brand. So, the first time I heard them that they were gonna sign to a to a major, and when they signed to Shady, I was like, "Fuck, really? Here we go again." Somebody that I really caught on to and I really like have just signed to a major. Everything's gonna change, but they didn't, and their quality of music is still there. And these guys are taking over hip hop because they're doing it the right way. They're not changing for anyone. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, since 2018, almost 15 albums of music. It's a lot of content. It's a lot of content. Is there 20 songs on each album? No. There's 8, 9, 10. But yeah, it's but that's f- fine. Because that's also something we said that changed in mainstream hip-hop last year. Yeah. 
Because you don't need, I don't think you need over 15 songs a project if no. you're putting three out a year. No, and since 2015, 16, they've put out over 30 albums, projects, mixtapes, whatever you want to call them, of yeah. quality music. Mm-hmm. And this year specifically is, okay, we're getting into 2019. We've come off of three almost three years of just quality music, where is it, is it going to ever go downhill? And again, they come in and keep fucking making my head explode every time I hear mm-hmm. I, I hear their music, doing different projects with different people. Like that Smoke Dizza, it's a five-song, six-song EP. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it, it leaves you wanting more. That's what I like about these guys is when their projects are done, it's like, what's going to happen next? I want more music. Mm-hmm. And it and it's 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 they're bringing it back to me. Remember when I had that phase where I was just listening to underground hip hop? Yeah, it's bringing that back for me. Yeah, yeah, it has. And the last project of the year altogether, what would Sheen Gun do? Is just it brings to me that sound, that Mob Deep sound that I love, and not the Mob Deep, the infamous, but Mob Deep Hell on Earth, where it's that grimy street hip hop with those drums mm. and the raw fucking lyrics. And man, I'm, it's crazy. It's not gonna. It's not gonna stop. I really don't think these guys are gonna stop because 2015, 2016, 17, 18, 19. That's almost five years. Four or five years of just not changing it up. Yeah. Not going into the mainstream, just giving the people what type of music they want, mm-hmm. with all the bullshit that we're getting as music. Yeah, you know, there's consistency, and that's why I think in hip hop we need to mention these guys because mm-hmm. they they are great. That's at, fair. They that they are great at their craft. Yeah, we've had the Action Bronsons, we've had the the Sean Prices, we've had all these guys, and they're still there. But mm-hmm. these guys are the new of that. They're that next movement of that. It's a movement. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's it's like a it's like a culture type thing. How big do you think this could get? How big? Do you think there'll be a point where maybe not like because it's probably not something that'll reach mainstream, but do you think there'll be a point where they'll have made a mark on like I want I don't want to I'm avoiding saying where they'll be the trend to listen to, but no. that's essentially what I mean. I they've already left a mark of how they 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 sell merch, they make merch, they sell their music, they make their music. And it's ringing in in hip hop. Like there's Raekwon, there's Madlib, there's all these guys that are pushing them mm-hmm. because there's something there. Um, it could, it's probably gonna get a bit bigger, I would say. But when like what they're talking about in their music, I don't think it could get bigger. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's very violent. It's very like. I don't. It can't go to the. It can't go to the next unless you start dumbing it down. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But I mean, a lot of the violence and the things they're talking about, like it's. It's also like a particular. It's 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 a particular humor that they're doing as well. Yes. It's not all. It's 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 like bringing lyrics back. It's like bringing the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like but bringing it's like, that '90s sound back. But it's it, a lot of it's meant to be funny. Well, West Side Gun, I think so more than Benny and Conway. But I yeah. get what you're saying. But like, oh fuck, Hitler wears her mess. Yeah, no. Like you, you can't say that it's not in some way he, a mockery. 
no, it's it's, it's definitely a mockery. Huh? That that. Fly God is an awesome God, and what would Shinga do is all. Uh, what would Shinga do is more about Benny's brother who got killed, but what would Shinga do is because his name was Mashinka in black. Yeah, but what would Jesus do is the is the pun is the joke. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. But they have a formula to what they do, and it works, and it yeah. attracts people. Yeah, no, for sure. It's 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 they, what, they when West Side Gun came out with Hitler, where's Hermes? I was just like. Fuck, am I allowed to listen to this? Of course you are. You know what I mean? Like with the name, with, with the title Hitler of course you are. in your music, I'm just like, fuck. But what is it, again, what is it about? Why is he call, calling it Hitler Where's Hermes? Why is he calling it that? Just, he wants to, it's like, it's like making a brand. Like, I'm going to stick with this because it's going to throw people off. Because it's funny. And it's funny. And huh? it's funny. And if you hear the skits, a lot of the skits in his earlier work was Kanye West. You know when Kanye used to go on those rants about... Yeah. He has that as his skits. But then changing up Kanye's voice to have a deeper tone or sound like fucking Satan or the devil when he talks. <laughs> it's fun, but yeah, these no, guys... It's, it. the, it's, the, it's all... Uh, the, and the wrestling stuff that it's they... shock value. Yeah, well, Chris Benoit. Yeah. It's, it's for shock. Yeah, and all the hoodies... And all That's the merch. It. Yeah, yeah. It, these guys are making a stamp into hip hop and they're being pushed by guys like Raekwon, Jay the Kiss, you know, all those people. Yeah. So it, it's 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 cool to see. But I don't think it could get bigger than what it is because of the content. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because it's well, it is a bit offensive. Very offensive at some point. Like I'm here th- I, I'm here thinking if me finding it funny will find somebody will find that offensive no. that I find that funny. Some, I don't really people care. will really find it offensive at some if Depends the person, right? But we're in an era, we're in an era to end it. We'll end it at this. We're in an era where people always want artists to put out music, right? Mm-hmm. The mindset and the capacity, and everybody just wants over and over this the the music to come out. But it's repetitive. These guys don't do it like that. Mm-hmm. Man, they're making songs with Madlib. Uh, Production by Premier, Pete Rock. They're getting all these old school producers and these great production uh, production value, alchemists, mm-hmm. all these people. And there's something there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, staying on the topic of offensive, the biggest meltdown of the year, uh, it, it's, it's hands down R. Kelly. Oh, fuck, yeah. That happened big in 2019. I feel like 2019 wasn't so big on the on the on the headlines that involved like like so and so is putting out an album or like we looked through the year like we did for every other year and be like shit like all this stuff came out. 2019 was pretty weak in that regard. Yeah, but there was like a lot of shit that went down. It was very yeah. It was very media oriented and yeah, like putting people on blast. And who's gonna? What's gonna happen next with this person? R. Kelly. The R. Kelly thing was fucking big. His interview was insane. The one with uh, who was it with? Uh, interview. I don't know who it was with. But that interview was out of control. The yeah, memes meltdown. that came his out. Me- of yeah, there. that was. Yeah, those were good memes. This was also a year for memes. I think they've been around for a while. They've been around, but they got way bigger this year. Like fucking memes. Everything is a meme now. Everything is a meme. Yeah. Everything's a meme. Yeah. But uh, R. Kelly was like, was he not pulled from like certain streaming platforms? 
Uh, he was pulled from Spotify. They pulled him? Yeah. Apple Music. Really? Yeah. I don't I I think he's back. Yeah, but I want to check. But um yeah, finally somebody listened. To, yeah, there was the whole Michael Jackson thing. He's still on Spotify. He's still on Spotify, so it was probably Apple Music or they put him back. Yeah, even the Michael Jackson thing, was that this year? Yeah, this was all early. Early, early, early. The Michael Jackson thing I find is a bit annoying because we knew this for a long time. Yeah, but you know, what how how to make money 10 years later, right? Yeah. When you think of it, is how to make money 10 years later or make money with stupidity. Just revive all these issues. Uh what else big happened with stupidity? Was the was the whole Kanye West crap, which was well, his those church things he was doing. Oh, the Sunday services, Sunday yeah. Sunday services. Leading up to his album. Leading up to his album. Which, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but just the whole Kanye West thing, too. He was always in the media. Yeah, always. he has been. Since it was, since Wyoming, he's been he's been a bit annoying. With, yeah, with his stuff, but that's... Do you think it's done for him now, going into the next decade? Kanye West? Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to be done for Kanye West. I think people are going to still listen to him. No, I think, uh, well, I think he's going to snap out of this like he does with every other phase he has. And he's going to go back to making, but if he doesn't and he actually does stick with the, with the God shit, it's not going to work. You don't think? I don't think so. I think Kanye West, people love Kanye West to the point where no matter what he's on, people are going to listen. The Steve, I think he's gotten more fans with this stuff. Yeah, well, but... He also, I think, lost some because a good amount of his fans. No, I'm not going to say that, but no, I don't think a lot of his fans could put up with him being religious. It's hard to say. I think a good amount of his fans are not religious enough to care to hear religious music. But it's always what's Kanye going to do next. Yeah, I'm not going to stick around. I'm not... Like, I mean, if it's oh, not going to go back to normal stuff, I'm not going to... Like, look at the beginning of the decade. Jesus is King, sorry to cut you off, is supposed to have been released physically, by the way. On CD? Yeah, are I believe you, so. Are you going to buy it? For completion reasons, I guess. Yeah, well, it's not completed with Jesus is King in no, your no, no, CD it's collection. Still not, it's still not. But, but I think it was... Uh, I think it was released finally. Physical, well, I know on vinyl for I sure. I know, I was postponed again. It's but Amazon had it listed. Fuck. But anyways, I've, have you gone back to listen to it? Nope. No. The last time I listened to it was the day we chose to record the episode that we spoke about at the beginning. Okay. Okay. I don't think I'll go back to it very often. No, this year was, uh, was more of like... For the music side, when I look at what came out, yeah, it really died down. It was quieter. Vampire Weekend got back together. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, this had been a long time coming. Uh, I think pretty much since we found out he worked on Beyonce's Lemonade, we knew they were getting back together to put something out, but it was taking a very long time to come out. Mm-hmm. This year we got Father of the Bride, which was good. But uh, as I said in our 2013, I believe, episode that Modern Vampires was a closer to the first three albums that ended the trilogy well and we didn't need more. 
it's a fine album. It's not bad, but I wouldn't. It's not an essential in their catalog. They always keep the same format for their album covers, huh? Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. They switched it up a bit this time. Yeah? Yeah. The first three had the kind of Polaroid picture look. Yeah. And this one, they went with more of a, of a animated visual. So what is the sound to this? Because I've heard one or two tracks, but I never sat through it. Because you know I've sat through Vampire Weekend stuff. Yeah. So they expanded a bit on their sound on this. The lead single, Harmony Hall, which was one of my favorite songs of the year, was very... Um, it stepped away. There was often that comparison people made to them and and Peter uh, and uh, Paul Simon. The Harmony Hall single was very much a kind of '90s electro, uh, Fat Boy Slim sounding, maybe a big camo. No, Fat yeah, Fat Boy Slim sounding type of beat going on over like their usual Vampire Weekend thing. But there's other songs that are like more, I don't know. This is one song that almost sounds like that has like heavy Latin influence. This is one song that, yeah, they they definitely stepped out of their usual for this album. That's good. That is good. They collaborated with Steve Lacey on it. They did who, who's from the internet, so he has so him playing guitar as well on the album. It it added some of that dynamic. It's like there there's newer sounds on it. There's a lot of country-ish sounding songs too with the girls from Haim. Haim does country music? No, no, but on this they have songs that kind of sound okay. like they're like a little, country, I, I want to say country influenced. It's a pretty good album. It plays super well. I'm fine saying it's an 8 on 10. That's a good, that's a good score, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but when you have three 8.59s, that's true. It's still your least good album, in my yeah. opinion. It's their least good. That's, there's no doubt about that, but still a very good least good album. That's true. Uh, very quickly, pop music. I didn't listen to this album, but what was crazy about it, the Billie Eilish album. Yeah, everybody's talking about that stuff. And what's so impressive is the artists that are behind her, guys like Flea, guys like Flea from the Chili Peppers, um, Jack White's behind it. There's so many names, uh, Dave Grohl. There's so many, um, I want to say, big, respectable names that are behind her, pushing her, and like, I didn't, I didn't see the appeal. I don't see the appeal. And you're not gonna listen to it? I'm curious now because in a lot of the lists I was looking at, it landed in like the top twenty for the year. I feel like I owe it at least that. Yeah. A a listen. I'm not asking you to go hear it. I know you probably could care less to hear, but I think if I've given Lord a chance from having the same kind of people back her up and not caring, maybe I should give this a bit of a chance. Yeah, for sure. If people are behind it and it's in the top 20s, well, Taylor Swift and Carly Rae Jepsen were in top 20s, but (laughs) no. That's different though, yeah. She seems she this Billy Eilish seems to have a bit more uh, substance to the music. There's a bit more. You said a name, yeah, about thirty seconds ago. That you definitely need to talk about, because if not, I'm gonna do it. For you as a fan. Oh well, yeah. Well, we're trending towards world peace. Uh, in the last week, because well, in the last two weeks now, by the time you get this episode because um, 
the chili peppers now whether they asked them to leave that, i thought of that huh? i was I'm, I'm not kidding you i thought of that when i find out when i found so, out after you texted me yeah so in past interviews they've said the door is not open for him to come back okay anthony kiedis said the door is not open it's not an option why because well if you choose to leave if you choose to leave this podcast and i replace you because i want to keep doing it and you say keep keep going i'm i'm out you can't just walk in and say he's got to go now i'm coming back yeah that's She's yeah, go and I'm yeah you back. can't do that no no I, okay that i agree so on. the door it, it was kind of it was kind of said that like the option is not there for him to come back things are going well and we're and it's not going to happen but Josh Klinghoffer, the Chili Peppers, in their post, say they've parted ways with Josh Klinghoffer, which means they asked, they they let him go. Which is what I think. He didn't part ways, they parted ways. Yeah. He did which albums? He did I'm With You and The Getaway, which were both actually albums from this decade. He did two? He did two. The Getaway was a fine album if you're a fan. I'm Danger Mouse. It was horrible. Yeah. I'm With You is horrible? I'm with you is is their worst record. Okay. Period. But that's not his fault. No, obviously that's not. That's not his fault. Is that right? He didn't write. He did. He did. But he's a, he, and he's a very. But you know what? Sometimes it just takes a minute to click. Getaway was really good. If you're a fan, I Danger thought Mouse. that was really good. Yeah, the Danger Mouse production really worked for them. So the story with Josh. Now I don't want to get too much into this. For no, those you, of you need who to. Don't know. Josh was a musician who played with John Frusciante. Hmm. On solo projects, he played some. He contributed to live parts of the Chili Peppers shows, sometimes on second guitar, sometimes on other instruments, during the Stadium Arcadium tours. I believe he would even tour with them prior, as somewhat of a tech for John. So it was a good friend of John's who took his spot when he left. Easy. Filled in, plays Easy. very similar yeah, yeah. to him. So anyway. 10 years after John leaves, it's now being said that Josh is leaving the band and John's coming back, which was something I never thought would yeah, ever happen. No, the same, because the, the way it was, they he parted ways and started doing his own shit. He was into, like, from, from the way it was said, he wasn't even playing guitar anymore. Really? He was playing, like, he was doing, like, the couple of releases he put out were electronic and they were, they were bad. I didn't, care for that at all you don't have any i have the first of them and then when it really went in that direction i was like nope not good but he's back but he's back and this is how you end all wars it's crazy you know why it's crazy huh was he a laker fan or is it just flea uh anthony and i'm sure he's somewhat of a laker fan but he's not from la okay the other three are yeah um, John's a New Yorker. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, well, born in New York. I don't know that he. What's crazy about this to me, looking from the, the outside, and to be honest, I'm I'm not gonna call myself a fan of the Chili Peppers, but I like their music. You were once though. Yes, I was. I was a huge fan of Californication, and by the way, mm -hmm. and I used to listen Queens, to Queens, New York. John Frusciante. Wow, is he friends with? Uh, Action Bronson. Could be. Uh, I used to listen to Californication and by the way on a daily basis mm -hmm. I remember 
But looking from the outside, it's just like, hey, here's a band that's been making music for what now? We're talking uh, since 84, 83, 84, 30. Like, this is, yeah. Okay, so like, we're almost at 40. So 40 years. let's not stop and stay home with our families and get old and die. But hey, let's get back our fucking old, fantastic. Well, they're all getting, like, they're all like, Kiris has kids and the kid goes with him on the road and Flea got married again this year. It's like they're always kind of. And they're fucking, they're still making music. It's not, let's stop. Let's get our old guitarist back. He wants to come back and let's fucking go back and make music. Right? Yeah. He's not just coming back to tour. He's definitely not just coming back well, to tour. Well, the thing this is, so, so 2019 would have marked 20 years for Californication. So if they were planning on something around that, it's too late. But 2021 would mark 30 of Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Now. Ooh, that's a good album too. Yeah, but in your 50s, again, with the hip hop thing, how how credible are you going to look going around singing songs about sex? I know, but these guys don't look fucking... Like no, they don't look that, but I'm sure John's going to... When you when we see the first pictures of him, it's going to be like, oh, he aged. Oh, yeah, for sure. But these are the guys I used to play with fucking socks on their dick. Yeah. Um, And then 2022 would mark 20 years of By The Way, which was... Better that album. Yeah. Which I, I agree. I, I think that's their... Be careful what you say. Oh, it's a personal favorite. It's, the it's one a I, really yeah, fucking yeah. good album. And that also happens to be John's favorite album. Really? That's the album he contributed the most songwriting to. It caused a lot of friction because he was taking over a lot of the songwriting. So. Is, is that the song with Can't Stop? Yeah, that's what, yeah. Fuck, I love that song. Yeah, that album's good. I know it's very poppy, that song, and very like... But like the guitar and yeah, the what instrumental. Do you want it's like when people rip when pe- I love I love when people rip the Chili Peppers because like what do you want? What did you think they were gonna do on this next album? No, I know they're no. gonna do the same thing every time. But they, they make put something. They out. make great music. These guys. It's, it's fun. Fucking, it's, it's it's. But there's more to the voice of the Chili Peppers. There's the instruments. There's the, that's it. Yeah, it's there's like a lot to it. Yeah. You need to really like like there's the people that listen to the Chili Peppers for the sound of. The happiness, the... That's it. It's kind of just like mindless, good, fun, good music. But there's more to them. There are, Because yeah. look at the albums the albums before that. Yeah. All those albums before that, they made a stamp in rock music and in history. Yeah. No? Yeah, they did, yeah. So... They did. I mean, are they... Californication they... did. Mm-hmm. These, th- those are timeless classics. It's hard to call them timeless classics. They have their... They have the people that... Like, as somebody who enjoys them, I could totally understand why somebody would hate them. But, I mean... I don't know how people hate the Chili Peppers, but... I could see why. There are bands that, that should be, like... like There are bands on that level that I don't get the hype around. And that I think are total crap. Yeah, to each their own, right? Yeah, exactly. that's it. I totally get. I totally get why somebody would hate them. The pop of it, no? I don't even know if it's that. I think it's just that they always sound the same. Well... It's an it's an upbringing thing. You like it or you, you like it or you don't. If it didn't hit you, you know, very rarely do people like them like way after the fact, you know? Yeah. You If you like them, you like them by now. Speaking of people getting back together, mm. uh, 
these guys didn't get back together because one is unfortunately dead, mm-hmm. passed away. But Gangstar uh, came out with an album this year. Yeah, they were on they were on our top one hundred list. Yeah, uh, both two albums, Moment of Truth. Yeah, and I think we had the Hard to Earn. Hard to Earn, yeah. two albums that were in our top one hundred. Uh, DJ Premier basically did the whole album mm-hmm. uh, production. Uh, he had to buy a lot, um, a lot of the music. Probably most of Guru's um, vocals, he had to buy it from Solar, who was who owned those hmm. those uh, those songs. Nice. So he had to buy it from him, and basically what he did when he bought all these tracks, he bought like a lot of songs. He went into the studio. And he had Guru's Urn in the studio with him mm-hmm. and made the whole album. That's cool. Taking the vocals off of tracks and putting his production in it. Nice. Putting the featurings on there while having the urn in the studio. I didn't hear the album. I should check it out. I you should check it, it out, like just to hear what it is. Yeah. Obviously, it's not their best one. Uh, well, yeah, you're, he's working with leftover stuff. But it was stuff, cool. So. It was cool yeah, because it's, if it's, it, it's it was fan a, service. yes, and it was authentic because it's not like people played with it. Mm. DJ Premier did it. Yeah. He produced it. He yeah. put the vocals in there. He put the pieces of the puzzle together, the way Gangstar would have wanted, the way the Gangstar sound is. Yeah, and the right featurings on it. He didn't just go get anybody. That's it. The featuring. There's a great featuring with J Cole on the album, mm-hmm. which is J Cole's last featuring. Uh, of the year but it was just super cool and I'm not usually big on post uh, post what's that word post uh, par post, post I know what you're saying post yeah. anonymous yeah. post uh, post albums after people die I'm not a big fan on it but it was super well done mm-hmm. super well done so that was cool I think that pretty much sums up 2019 it was like I feel like a lot of the year was dedicated to doing exactly what we did in season 2 recapping the last 10 years yeah and it kind of shed like it kind of it kind of put a lot of albums that came out this year to the side now that said a lot of the ones that were getting good reviews and good praise i i tried i dove into and i and i still kept up with so i was able to put a top 10 together like you did so why don't we take a break and then we'll get into that yep okay so, um, yeah, we do this amongst ourselves. We're going to do it on the podcast this year. We're going to share our favorite music of 2019, whether we spoke about it in the previous blog or not. Um, did you like 2019? Uh, for music or in life? In life? Let's start with in life. <laughs> in life, I would say, uh, yeah, I guess. I have yeah. no choice, right? I, just, I had a fucking new kid. So, I have to like it. Yeah, you have to have liked it. So um, yeah, I would say I would say the 2019 is a 6.57 on 10. I'm way more. That's st- all a new kid brings. I'm way more stressed than I've ever been in my whole entire life. I don't so, think that's new to the kid. That's n- nothing new. No, but still, it takes a toll on your body. But I'm sure the positivity of 2019 is this right here. And, I'm not and having another, another kid. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 
And for music, no, I'm not that happy with the music. I think I'm going to be straight honest with you when mm-hmm. I say this. And for our listeners, I really think if Griselda didn't put out all these projects, 2019 would probably be one of the worst years of the decade. All right. Well, I don't listen to much Griselda, if any at all. So this wasn't a good year in music, I guess, no, for me. I found it a bit weak. Uh, the fact that I could only do a top 10 and maybe a top 15 max is very different from what I could usually do. Yep, that's very true. Um, usually do top uh, 50s, no? The 2016, I was able to do a top 50. Yeah. 2010, maybe close. But at the same time, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's a lot of the same coming out. It's a lot of the artists that ran the course of the decade and put out great albums. So we're measuring what their albums this year mm-hmm. sound like versus the old, uh, which is inevitable, I guess, in doing this. But it, I think it's also we spent, as I said, a lot of time recapping what the last 10 years sounded like. Yeah. And maybe revisiting albums and how well did they age and how not. And we chose to give ourselves a project doing that. So in doing the season where we were recapping a lot, maybe putting less attention on this. You have to remember this year, we also did uh, the top 100 hip-hop albums of all time. Yeah. So we weren't just paying attention to what was coming out. This year, we often had to push new releases to the side to get a good listen-in to provide content, right? Which was probably one of my favorite times in a long time when we did that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, season one. Um a lot of shit came out this year. A lot of shit came out this year? Well, there were some letdowns. Yep. We can mention a few, I guess. Yeah, I I, I have three. Before we get into our top ten, I have, some, I have three big letdowns. Okay, I'll give three letdowns too. Yeah, I'll go first. Yeah. So... Well, do, why don't we do one each? Okay, I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, go. So I would say... The biggest letdown for me. Oh, you're going with the biggest. No, build it up. Okay, build the it up. Okay. Your biggest letdown last. So, Jeezy, uh, okay. TM104, okay. uh, was a big letdown for me. They didn't even know that came out. I was expecting a lot as it was supposed to be Young Jeezy's last album. And going back to the TM, like when he first started his career was TM101. And being TM104, and there was some really good songs, but the album lacked a lot. Like this album was, I was very anticipated for me. Where I actually pre-ordered it, got the download, bought the CD, bought the T-shirt. You had no idea about any of this, huh? I didn't even know he was doing stuff this year. Yeah, well, the pre-order when you pre-ordered online for ten bucks, you got the T-shirt, the pre-order, mm-hmm. digital. And I wanted to buy the CD because it's nice in the collection, mm-hmm. but it was it was just it wasn't. It was too, trying to be mature. Yeah, I didn't. I don't need that that much from Young Jeezy, yeah. but also the beat selection and the rapping was very it mediocre. Yeah, cool. I felt I felt flat. Uh, my first letdown was uh, Steve Lacey put out a solo, uh, his first solo album, from being the guitar player in the internet. Having worked with Frank Ocean, having worked with Tyler, I mentioned in this episode, having worked with Vampire Weekend, I was excited to hear what he could do as uh, one of the more 
uh, one of the most well-liked guitar players of this decade. Okay. Who worked on a lot of good stuff. Uh, I thought his 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 debut solo album would get people's attention, and it was good, but it didn't really it it, it didn't really pull me back for more. It wasn't really a, a, an album that I wanted to dive into versus the albums like he did with Tyler that were worth going to hear again and again the Frank albums so I, I was uh, the internet albums too that, that were quite good but I, I I expected a bit more of a solid project a more rounded project by him being the uh, musician producer songwriter that he is so another one on my list uh, I don't even remember the fucking name of the album so please help me when I say the artist yeah uh, Chance the Rapper what the fuck was it called? The Big Day. The Big Day, yes. Where he's, the whole album, I'm guessing, was about his wife and his marriage. I got through half a listen. Okay. This was pure shit. You're uh-huh. coming off of a guy that has probably two albums in top lists of the decade to an album that is just... What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, I, I, there's nothing else to say around it. Number one, I don't need 24 songs or whatever. No. Yeah. Or 18 songs of you talk being that happy about getting married and about having a wife. I'm all for it. It's nice. It's, it's yeah. a nice thing. I was really happy when I got married. I'm, I'm sure you were as well. Yeah. But I don't need an album because it fucking sounds like shit. Can we go back to... You talking about God or like things, you yeah, being on trending, acid? It was trending upwards, and we went and Man, we pulled it back. Well, look, the proof the, the proof is uh, in, is in that he had to cancel the whole tour. Like this is Fuck, not that bad. He canceled the tour. Pic- you it's think done? The tour's out because well, it's not selling. Nothing works. But this again, I'm going back and saying it. Acid rap was his best project. When Coloring Book came out, it was good, and people there was a bit of hype because of the ultralight beam shit, but. Man, that was it. That, that that was. It was overrated as hell. It, it was overrated, but it was very good, I find. Acid Rap is better. I always liked Coloring Book more, but I think listening to Acid Rap more and Coloring Book more and going back to them after like a year of not listening to them, I know which one I like the most, and that's Acid Rap. But what are you doing putting out this? Yeah, like, what was, are you doing? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's fine for an artist to have a bad album in their catalog. It happens to everyone. Yeah, but Chance, in my opinion, now is pushing three bad albums. Yes, because even that Donny Trumpet album that people love, that's covered in Chance, it's that, it's almost treated as a Chance album, or a Chance project rather. It's not great. No, I and I guess people don't want to fucking hear this shit, because he went from doing small venues to stadiums like it was fucking like overnight. overnight. Yeah. And now nobody wants to go to his show, I'm guessing, because he made a shit album. Nobody's going to fucking tell me that this album is great. I'll fucking hit you. This is not good. You could like it if you like it, <sighs> but it's not good. Next. Um, my next letdown was uh, Mac DeMarco's ah. album from this year, which I'm kind of sad because I like Mac DeMarco a lot. And from his uh, second album called Two, into Salad Days, which I think was his best. That was his best period. Then he had an album called This Old Dog in 2017. And when he announced Here Comes the Cowboy this year, he released a single called Nobody, 
which was a really nice Mike DeMarco song. It was toned down. It was more ballady, I want to say. And it really worked for him. And he did say that this album would be a more toned down uh, album, which it was. But he released the best song as a single and nothing else was very good on the album. That said, I still love Mac DeMarco. I went to see him for this tour because he cut a lot of the new songs out of the set. And Because uh, he knows his shit? or He knows his shit. I would assume that he figured, okay... People didn't like this. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the I'm gonna pull the store like I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them what they want. I do think he'll bounce back. He's a good uh, good musician. And my last one. Oh how you have failed me! <laughs> you have failed me. <laughs> I believe we reviewed this album. We we? Reviewed I this. forgot you were gonna talk about it. Uh, Schoolboy Q. Crash talk. I let it breed. I went back to it. When was it? I I texted you this morning. This morning, maybe no, yesterday. It was yesterday, and you told me good luck. And I went back and I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's go back. It's been like about three months. You have not listened to this. Maybe it got better. And I took it off right after the sing the song with Kid Cudi. I got super annoyed. It's very weak. It's very weak. The beat selection... The beat selection is probably the best thing about the album. The first two songs are really good, and then it just falls flat. Mm-hmm. And I like. I would have rather have waited another three years for an album than get this. I just... It's just, it's not, I feel like it's not authentic. Authentic. I feel like it's trying to be something that the person is not. And yes, you're allowed to grow as an artist. Mm-hmm. But there's steps to it. And not like this. Like even the, the fucking, like the rapping is weak. Even, it's like so much more ad-libbing. Yeah. That he, he already does some ad-libbing, but it fits well. This is ad-libbing that doesn't need to be there. This is not even finishing your verses. This is like cutting in an ad lib in between your verse. For what reason? Well, maybe it's a stepping stone into a new direction. Uh, no. No. I'm ha- he's very happy in his life. It seems he plays a lot of golf. But I, I really hope the next album is not like this. Maybe he got this out of his system. You know, like he put out some quality music and a lot that are in our yeah decade and but like you gotta you gotta look at the at the like great rappers for example we made a list of the best 100 albums how many great rappers like how many yeah how many great how many classics does a great rapper have not every album they put out is going to be classic no so it's fine that he did this, but I guess... Well, you got to see it as like it's 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 the one after the classic, right? Jay-Z put out some shit. Yeah, not not everyone's not everyone's Jay-Z. Kanye West has put out some shit. But not again, not everyone's Kanye West. So like... Whatever, it was the, my biggest letdown of the fucking year. Hopefully, probably the decade. Oh, I was, I'm big wow. on Schoolboy Q. Yeah, of the decade steep though. 
Well, it's I a big, uh, but okay, that's fine. If you didn't, uh, you, my biggest letdown, and I say with a heavy heart, because I love this band more Oof. than you could love a band. The National, I am easy to find. Um, it's their eighth studio album. Shit. And every time these guys put out something since Alligator, I think this could be their best album. And their last album, Sleep Well Beast, came in 2017, so two years ago. And it was very good, but it was their first time I felt like they didn't release another classic. Mm-hmm. Or quote-unquote classic, I'm saying. But... um Anyway, so this album was released with uh, there was a it, there was a lot going on. So they were gonna do a short film. It was directed by Mike Mills. And not Meek Mill. Not Meek Mill. Mike Mills, and uh, it was starring Alicia Vikander, who you might know as well. She's done great movies, but I think the most popular thing she did was be Laura Croft in the last Tomb Raider movie. Yeah. Yeah, but she did great movies like uh, Ex Machina. And oh, okay, I know who yeah. it is. So, this album is going to have a short film that goes along with it. The first single comes out called You Had Your Soul With You, which was a great single. Um, and it was short, um, uh, about a month later, it was followed by a single called Light Years, which was also great. And... Those two singles alone made it feel like okay, this could pro- this could possibly be their best work yet again. Like I was saying, those are two of the strongest songs on the album. There's a song on this album called Rylan, which the band have been playing live since the High Violet era, 2010. So when High Violet was cooling down, they were playing this new song called Rylan. That was expected to be on Trouble Will Find Me and wasn't. And then was expected to be on Sleep All Beast and wasn't. And finally, they found a place for it on this album. Um, I'm happy it's there. It's still one of the better songs in the album. Another thing they did with this album was they went to go... So the singer, Matt Berninger, isn't always alone on the songs. They hired different female vocalists to sing parts of the songs. Uh, Bowie's old, I believe, bassist sings a part on the lead single. She sings in other songs too. Um, long story short, it doesn't work for them. It takes away from being in the national sound with Matt, his voice, because because you've heard you've heard songs to the national. The voice is everything, right? Yeah. It's it's deep. It's dark. It's it's heavy. It weighs you down, and it. Having the guest vocalists cuts from that experience. I get what they tried to do, but it doesn't work for them at all. And on top of having that, there's a lot of tracks in between tracks that are just drone instrumentals that lead into the next song. And it adds a lot of um, dead air, I want to say. That said, it could have been a good 10, 11 song album if I chose the songs. Yeah, because it's because I could because yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, especially when it comes to them, and I didn't choose the songs. How many songs? Counting all the instrumentals, I believe we're at like 16. Ooh, but Ooh, but lags. they've done that before. 
But an hour and four minutes for a national album is long, and a lot of it is, like I said, instru- like there's three or four instrumental drones. It doesn't work. It was my biggest letdown of the year. So now... But their next album will be their best one. Same thing for Schoolboy Q. Chance the Rapper as well. No, Chance the Rapper is done. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, I, I... Did you know Nas came out an album this year? Yeah, The Lost Tapes. Yeah. Uh, Anderson Pack also. I was a little disappointed with that. Yeah, you didn't mention that. Well, I switched it up. I, I, I went with Steve Lacey. Cause I like that album. Ventura? Yeah, I really like it. That's why I didn't mention it, because I like it. Yeah. But, coming off the work from Compton, and then Malibu, and then the, the Oxnard, which was pretty weak, I was expecting him to bounce back. Was, okay. And it was good, but it wasn't. Was it weak? And was it not as good as you hoped because of... Malibu and how big it was because I well look because I I liked Malibu do you remember when Malibu came out how much yes. I was telling you you need to hear this you're yes. not you're missing the point here you're, yes. you're 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 taking it as a soul artist you see him at the piano on the cover you need to hear this album I like I was in Wonder. love with that album yeah I was in love with that album I know it just felt like this artist could do so much more then the Yes Lot album came out no worries, which was good, but you could tell it was a project. He was working with somebody. He wasn't on his own entirely. I, f- I found that was cool. It was all right. It was all right. It was very good. It was better than the, than Ventura and Oxnard, I think. I like what he did with Ventura, though. He went more, more soul. Yeah, so that's R&B. it. That's it is I, like, I like the album. The song with Smokey Robinson is amazing. Yeah. No, it's a great album. It's a, it, you know, no, it's not a great album. It's a very good album. It's a very good album, I'll say. I like it. But I was expecting... This is Anderson Park we're talking about. We've heard his name a lot. He's been... He's been made out to be a big deal. So show me that you could be a big deal again. I like him show on Show me featurings. you could follow up Malibu. Yeah. See, on featurings, he could get your attention. But it's not featurings you build a career off. Yeah, that's true. My opinion. So, uh, what's, uh, what do we do? so let's end the episode. How do you want to do this? Well, we're going to give our top 10s, right? Which yeah, we're giving our top 10s. Of 2019? Yeah. Our top 10 albums of 2019, starting from 10 to 1. 10 to 1, yeah. And just an FYI, Cameron is going to be putting out Purple Haze 2 that I haven't heard yet. Free Nationals are also putting out their album. Free Nationals being the band that backs Anderson Pack. Yeah. They're putting out their album, uh, is it this week or next week? This week, I think Friday comes out if it's coming out. Yeah, that could be good. That could be really cool. So, but he's not on the entire thing. Is he on anything? He's on the single, I think. <laughs> Makes sense, right? It's coming out. So let me get this for everyone. The reviews are already starting to come in, and people say it's good. Before we do our tens, sorry, I'm holding the show up. It is coming out on. Why can't I find it now? Purple Ace 2 coming out. I'm very excited for a new Cameron, mm-hmm. especially being called Purple Ace 2. I think this is going to be his uh, his more mature album. Mm-hmm. 
not like a 444, but like a more mature album, which I'm very excited to hear. Yeah. So it's coming out tonight? No, nah, there's no... there's no. Uh, I can't find the fucking date. It's out. It's out already. Oh, yes. That's the... Uh, okay, the song with the... It's like a... Um, the West Side Gun and Conway are on it. Are they on it? Yeah, it's, they're on the last song. I heard it last week. The Rivington? They're yeah. on that, yeah? Yeah, you need to hear that song. I'll hear the album. See, we've been doing this and it kind of pulls away from keeping up. It's very true. Okay, so let's do our top 10. So top 10 of 2019. Are you going to talk about every album or are you just going to... I might slide in a couple of words. I'm going first. How are we doing it? I, you say 10, I say 10? Yeah, no, let's... Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's do it. Okay, you want me to start? Start like you did the other time, yeah. All right, so my top 10 albums of 2019, starting with number 10, are Danny Brown, You Know What I'm Saying. Good choice. This album, when I first heard it, I thought was going to be in my most letdowns. Mm -hmm. We even spoke about it probably at the beginning of this season where I wasn't too impressed, but I thought that it could grow. And since buying it physical, I've listened to this nonstop. This is a well done album that grew on me big time. You know what this is? It's a more mature album, mm-hmm. but also I don't need to do the party Danny Brown no more mm-hmm. or the hype Danny Brown anymore, jumping around up and down. Here's my hip-hop album. Here's my more into the direction of I'm doing something different, more into the direction of like when he kind of first came out with like Hot Soup yeah. and the black and brown with Black Milk. Like it's more hip-hop. It's more Detroit-based uh, type sound as well. It's not the... Party Danny Brown. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, number nine. All right, I, oh, I thought... Are you doing all of them or you were doing one each? I think we should do all of them. No? What okay. do you like better? No, okay, no, I thought we agreed on one each. Go. Uh, Rick Ross, Port of Miami 2. Okay. I really, really enjoyed this album. And I, I let it breed for like about a month, month and a half, and went back to it, and it's top three Rick Ross albums. Wow. 110%. It's it's a more mature also. It's a really more mature. Did you say top three? Rick Ross. Oh, okay. Along with Teflon Don and Rich Forever. Okay. Uh, number eight, Sky Zoo and Pete Rock, Retropolitan. Mm-hmm. Just really great hip-hop. Just really great hip-hop and the featurings fit so well. And the Pete Rock production with Sky Zoo who I've been a fan of for a very long time. Anything Pete Rock touches ends up in a top 10 somewhere for me of that year. A, an album that really struck me uh, being at number seven, and I've been telling you to fucking go listen to this, Little Brother May the Lord Watch. A group that split up and came back together because they were asked to do a show and made an album like this. No production from Ninth Wonder, by the way, mm. because Ninth Wonder is an original member. Yeah. This man, this is fucking good. This is good. And at times I'm listening to this, I'm like, wow, these guys are great. 
This is an artist that you've... Have you ever gone into Little Brother? No. It's something that you need to hear. Actually, Drake used Little Brother and Fante uh, mm-hmm. on his first mixtapes. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I know he mentions them. Yeah. So, number six, Jim Jones, El Capo, fully produced by the Heatmakers. Mm-hmm. Probably top two Jim Jones albums. Really great really really great the beats on here are amazing and you know heat makers the way they produce their music mm-hmm. a lot of soul sampling choirs sampling all that stuff really great album number five so our, my next five west side gun hitler wears her mess seven okay we spoke about griselda mm-hmm. just adding to his hitler wears her mess run I think this might be his last one, to be honest with you. But uh, the production on here is great. Alchemist, Derringer. Uh, he has a Fat Joe featuring. Uh, number four, Freddie Gibbs and Madlib, Bandana. Amazing, amazing album. I'm so happy these two got back together and put an album together. And the difference between this and Piñata is that this is all of Freddie Gibbs' styles of rapping in one number three West Side Gun for a second time on this list Fly God is an Awesome God the production on this is incredible I know you you don't listen to them a lot but Alchemist Mad Lib Pete Rock so much great production on this and one of the best verses this year is on this album the last song by sauce walker number two really hard for me to put this at number two because number one is really great but number two benny the butcher the plugs i met amazing coming up coming off of tana talk three and putting out this with a, a black thought featuring and a Pusha T featuring and a Jada Kiss featuring. The album is just really, really fucking great. Pusha T featuring is probably top three all-time Pusha T features on a song. What are the other two? The other two? Fuck, now you're making me think. Runaway? Uh, you don't have a choice. I do have a choice, but I can't think right now, but so give it to Runaway. Okay, you could take a Runaway. Uh, but yeah, this is just amazing. amazing. Move That Dope. Move That Dope is f- fucking amazing. Um, yeah, it's probably top three, Move That Dope. But anyways, yeah, Benny the Butcher Plugs I Met, number two. It's really great. It's been at number one and knocked off by... Yeah, I'm surprised you wouldn't keep that at number one. It, it This knocked it off. This mm. knocked it off, knocked it out of the park for me. Uh, number one... Uh, Griselda what would Sheen Gun do just having these guys I said it before come together and make an album together and not change up their style and be as grimy as hell and just the hip hop I want to hear that grimy street hip hop I want to hear it just it was it was just like they did it they Mm. did it and it's number one your turn my turn 
Number 10, I got Denzel Curry Zoo. Really? Yeah, nice short album, half hour, all fun, and it's good to hear a good party album, but the message is quite positive. Uh, I like Denzel Curry. I think we spoke about Nipsey Hussle and, and his way of promoting good things. I think Denzel Curry does a good job of that. Yeah, you're right. But he's also a kind of artsy and, and does Very his art. Yeah, but, uh, but he's got a good head. Uh, number nine, I got Sharon Van Etten, Remind Me Tomorrow, which was the first great album we discussed. Number eight, Big Thief, Two Hands. This is their second album this year. Um, it has a song called Not On It that's that got a lot of attention because they started playing it shortly after the first album came out. And they already had new material, and finally, they had a second album ready, and it was very good, very good album. Number seven... For the first time in my top 10 of a year. So now there's two things you could say. It was that week of a year. Or you could say it was finally the album I needed from this person to. For me to say this is a top 10 this year for me. Tyler the Creator, Igor. Now, Scumfuck is the one that everyone praises. It's the one that gets all the love. Cherry Bomb, I think everyone can agree, is his, is his least good. I think Igor is the best Tyler album put out till date. I think he's finally doing what he wants. I still think that on Scumfuck, he was holding on to that. I'm still more a rapper than anything. Yeah. And Igor is where he said, fuck this. This is his best work. I was told that uh, there's like a story to the album, right? It's feelings, each song. Ish, yeah. Yeah. I listened to the album a couple of times. It's pretty cool. It's cool, and it's 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 almost pop, but it's not. It's a really good album. I like what he does, and I like when he sounds like I I like his. I've always liked his songs that sounded more like this to get a full album like this than a full. Yeah, he's I, grown as an artist, man. Yeah, yeah. This is a really good album. Number six, UK artist Nilofer Yanya with an album called Miss Universe. Uh, I caught her opening for. Fleet Foxes, uh, I believe in 2018, summer 2018. And I'm not big on, on catching opening acts anymore. I just happened to be there. I was impressed. Uh, I'm rarely impressed by opening acts anymore. I checked out the music, enjoyed it. When this album came out, I jumped on it. And she's quite good. She's going to hopefully do good things with this. She's a... She's super young, so there's a lot ahead. So Nilfer Yanya, Miss Universe. Number five, Purple Mountains. Um, this album was super exciting because the album's called Purple Mountains as well. Uh, this album was super exciting because it marked the return of David Berman, who was the frontman of a band called the Silver Jews which also had Stephen Malkmus from Pavement in that band. Uh, the Silver Jews haven't been a band since 2008. So 11 years later, he comes back with a new name and he's going to give us new music. Uh, it's the same old David Berman. It's super depressing. <laughs> it's super um, melancholic. The only thing that this time around happens is that shortly after the album comes out 
Um, and he announces a tour. He kills himself. So it it's very it's when you rehear the album. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, he, yeah, he killed himself this year. Shortly after the album came out, it was very interesting because when this album did come out, um, my first impression hearing it was, "There's not much left here. There's not much time left here. Like this is," and yeah. It sucks because you listen to an artist's music and you think like, I felt weird, particularly when I read the news. Um, I know this is an exaggerated thought, but like you think of like, you caught something was off and did nothing. But what do you, no, but no, I'm serious. Like, what do you want to do anyways? Yeah. Uh, it was a big Tennessee Titans fan. They paid tribute to him at one of the games too. Really? Believe it or not, yeah. Well, you guys are Tennessee Titans are in my division, so uh, fuck you. Oh. Number four, Angel Olsen, All Mirrors. Very good album from her. She was very good. She had three great albums this decade. This one's really cool. It's really orchestral. It's theatrical. It's big sounding. I hate using the word epic, but it's that's what best describes the way this so- the songwriting is on this album. Number three, you know who was coming? Bon Iver, I, I. His last album was 2016 in that big massive year. I didn't think he would come back around so soon. There's usually a bit of time between the albums, but came back with a new one. It's his most commercial sounding one. A lot of the songs don't sound complete. They sound like they just end abruptly, but it works very much in the form of the album. Number two is Big Thief's UFOF, which was their first album uh, of the two they put out. Um, Big Thief, like Sharon Van Etten, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, are a band I discovered because the guys from The National were once asked what they were listening to at the moment. And it was their last album before this. So I was like, oh, I'll give this a shot. And it's really good. They're, they're a very good band. And number one was an album that was coming out the day after we recorded one of the episodes. And I mentioned it. FKA, FKA Twigs with Magdalene, which is... That's number one? That's my number one. Wow. A very, very, very good album and one of the better ones I'd say of the whole decade. Very good album. Of music or from them? Of music. She only has two. They're both very good albums for the decade, but this one I think is her better album. I think she stepped it up a notch. It's also fresh, so maybe in five years I'll disagree with that, but I think it's her better album right now. Big song, the last song called Cellophane, which was... Which got a lot of attention from people. So yeah. So we're done. That's it. That's the decade is done. The decade's done. Episode ten. Decade is done. Yeah. Did you like uh, season two? What, what, what are your uh, What are your thoughts on season two? I think it was a good topic, since the decade was ending. It like fell on our lap. Well, you came yeah. up with the whole thing because I'm not as smart as you, but like 
it was a good it was a good topic. I still like season one the best because that was fucking it was intense. Oh, it's also yeah, it's it's everything you know, right? Yeah. So in my favor, but no, I, I like season two. I think it was cool. I like it. I'm sure we missed a bunch of stuff, but yeah, we picked highlights. Yeah, for we sure. We can't cover everything in uh, the span of these episodes. But I'm excited uh, for for the lists and stuff like that. Yeah. So you guys are gonna start sending us your list. Here's how. Here's how we're gonna do this. So you're gonna send us the top ten albums of the decade if you haven't already. Top ten songs of the decade if you haven't already. I feel like that list won't work, but try. Most overrated, most underrated album of the decade, and the top artists of the decade. So you basically gotta send us like just really two full lists. Yeah, if you can, and 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 the song list seems to be the one people seem stuck at. If you can, if you can do it, we'll just scrap it. But try it. Um. Yeah. Most overrated, underrated album of the decade. We just want to get an idea of what people thought was like. Didn't get enough love, and what got too much love, and you're one artist of the decade, and depending, I mean. We're assuming off that, like it'll probably be like the same names that come up. We'll maybe give you a top five with that. But we're going to unveil that all to you in a bonus episode. Yes, sir. In the new year. And what we're going to do before we give you that list is like we did with our hip hop albums after we did the top 100. We're going to give you our top 10 albums of the decade. Because those are also the albums we're going to be entering into our listeners poll. We're going to participate, right? Yeah. So... Our top 10 each of the decade. Fuck, that's hard. And then we give you the listener's poll. And we'll shoot shit. Yeah. Like we usually do. Any Anything before we we end off regarding any, any cool things about uh, finishing off season two and the decade? Well, I think it was... Uh, no, I mean, I, I, it was something I've always wanted to do. Oh, yeah, we are going to do something. What? We're going to post our top 150 of the Oh, decade. yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get a list of the 150 best albums of the decade. All-time according podcast. According to all-time podcasts, yeah. 150 decade list. All-time podcast, 150 decade list. Yeah, that's what we promised with the website that didn't work, but... Uh, fuck it. Instagram. But I enjoyed, I, I, I enjoyed doing the season. It was something I wanted to do for a long time, just recap Music. The biggest years that we were so involved in music and do and like working firsthand with it and discovering and seeing the trends and I think it was cool. I think it was cool to revisit. We did a whole uh, ten episode thing without mentioning Adele. We never mentioned Adele. I don't think we mentioned Adele. Fuck, nineteen was good. Twenty one was good, and then what came out after 25. that? Twenty five. Twenty five came out. Man. Those were some really good albums. They're all right. You know, I'm just kidding, but... Yeah, no, to me it was... To, I, I never got into it because... I but, get you could sing well. Not all the songs are good. I really like recapping the decade and to see how music grew. Yeah, seeing how music grew Fuck. was super fun because like... And how people intake their music too. What was like something... What was like one album that you completely missed in the decade, but in doing this, it fell into your lap again and you were like, holy shit, like, I, I was not up on this. I texted it to you the other day, I think. I don't remember what it was now. Cardi B? Cardi B, Invasion of Privacy, 
and yes, uh, Royster 5.9 uh, Trust the Shooter. I listened to it when it came out, but I completely forgot about it for a couple of years and then went back to it this year and I was like, what the fuck? How did I forget this? Uh-huh. Those are the two. You? Um, I would say there's maybe one because when it came off, uh, when it came out, I saw the crazy good reviews and I was like, this really isn't for me. It would be uh, Fiona Apple, the Idler Wheel. Oh, really? Yeah. It's still not something I spend a lot of time with, but an album that I definitely now realize why it's that good. Yeah, it's great. We also went back to a lot of albums and we're like, shit, this is good. Uh, but to end a decade, you know, is there something you want to see in the new decade? I want to see more from the artists I really liked at the end of the decade, like Nilofer Yanya that I just brought up, like Moses Sumney that I brought up, King Cruel, uh, Tiara Wack seems to have a lot in line for her. Well, I guess we could use Anderson Pack again as that because we're he's still gonna be releasing music. He's far from over. Um. It's really that that I'm looking forward to. I understand we're still going to be, you know, paying attention when guys like Drake or Kanye drop an album or when Kendrick drops an album, but they, look, every artist has their big decade, let's say. All of them. Unless you start at the end where, like, you have good music here and good music there, but within a 10-year period, like, these guys did their... They, these guys gave us their work. Some of the bands, I think of two, like, I joke about The National, you know, like, it was a letdown, but they did their best work, like, late 2000s and and mm-hmm. right up until the middle of 2010s. You know, Tame Impala, this was their decade. Yeah, LCD, sure. LCD was late and into the That's early still, of this. Yeah. So, you know. Vampire Weekend again the first half of the decade You, it, it, it's always good to hear these guys do music but what could the younger what could Sampha do we only got that one album yeah that's crazy and that blew me away what could he do next I'm, I'm excited to see how hip hop is going to change and into what direction it's going to go or is it going to come back to what it used to be and it, are all these artists that sound the same going to just die out right you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be a change somewhere here. I'm excited to see. I wouldn't even be surprised if 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 hip hop is not going to be as popular going forward into the new. Because it was popular the last few years. It was. It was. Like but, the last four years, like 2000, as of 2016, it started yeah. to really take but, off. But that's it. I mean, you get a lot of the same going on, and you you gotta move on. Yeah, and uh, hopefully I stop listening to only hip hop and start listening to more reggaeton music. That's what that's what my that too is a big deal. This <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. I'm excited. I'm excited. You know what? I'm even excited to throw out our lists and let people see our list and do our bonus episode. I'm excited. That's gonna be a lot of fun. I love too. this list. We'll of... talk more about this last little bit that we like what we just spoke yeah. about into our bonus, but yeah. That's season two, guys. Yeah. 
Thank you so much. Thanks for all the support. Uh, it means a lot. This year was huge for us. We Big. did we did two seasons of when we launched into a season weekly content that I'm proud of. Yeah, me too. I'm proud. I'm proud we did this, man. 2018, we had we we didn't know we were gonna do this. No. We pulled this together very late in the year. Me and you talk a lot of stuff, and we're like, we're going to do this. We should do this. Uh, let's go on vacation. Let's do this. And we never do it. And we finally put our fucking heads together, and we did the podcast. We wanted to do where we could talk about music that we love, because that's all we talk about when we talk with each other. It's, it's now documented. It's now... It's out there. Uh, Everything we said. It's out there, and people are listening to it. And I think we did a fucking good job. Two seasons in one year. Was it best podcast of the decade? Uh, all-time podcast is definitely number one. Of all time or of the decade? Both. If it's yeah. all time, it must be of the decade. Decade and uh, everything. Uh, thank you, guys. Thanks to all the supporters. Yeah, big time. Uh, happy holidays. And thank you for sticking around. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Get ready for those lists.